Bob? Are you with me? Of course. Are you willing to entertain a few concepts? I am always receptive to suggestions. Fine. Think about this, then. How do you know you exist? What the hell is he doing? I think he's talking to it. Well, of course I exist. But how do you know you exist? It is intuitively obvious. Intuition is no proof. What concrete evidence do you have that you exist? Hmm. Well, I think, therefore, I am. That's good. That's very good. But how do you know that anything else exists? My sensory apparatus reveals it to me. Ah, right. This is fun. Welcome back to Screen Run. I am your host, the Lady One, and I'm here with... Chris Scalza. Screen Run is the show where Chris and I explore the films of a particular artist or franchise, and it is time to officially start Season 3. In Season 1, we went film by film through the career of Kevin Smith. In Season 2, we completed the Alien franchise. And now, in Season 3, our next logical step... <laughs> is John Carpenter. You know, there is a tie-in. There is! As well. It is logical! <laughs> and we'll talk about that today. Yeah. Chris, how do you feel about John Carpenter? <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to be a marathon show. Okay. <laughs> I am a massive John Carpenter fan. And I think I've actually been lobbying for this mm -hmm. from the very beginning when we first started talking about doing this show. You've been playing the long I game. Yeah, I've been pushing for my boy John Carpenter. What I think is really funny, though, is that out of the th first two seasons, we did Kevin Smith, and then we, as I said, we did the Alien franchise. I feel like there was a chance that Smith could have listened to that show. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's a very good chance that Carpenter could listen to this and yeah. absolutely hate it. <laughs> that man Aww. is a curmudgeon of the highest order. I love him for it. Yeah. I, I think he is... Brilliant. I think he is one of the greatest genre directors of all time. I am a massive Carpenter fan. Mm -hmm. I love his scores. There, Some of his are my favorites. So I am, as the kids say, stoked <laughs> to talk about the films of John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it kind of be an honor if John Carpenter hated something that you did? Oh, and absolutely. That, yeah. That would he be like take a notice. honor. Yeah. You know what? Kick him. I don't know if you know this. He there was a point he actually was selling off his VHS collection, yeah. And he would include like a personal thing in each box. I didn't find out about it until everything was gone. I was oh. so angry. Well, I cried. I think for about probably ten minutes. Re something reasonable, but not yeah. ex you know excessive. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. That's that's completely fair. Are you ready for this, Chris? Um, I've only no. seen before we started four John Carpenter movies. <laughs> Are you going to walk out of this podcast? Shit. I told her I wasn't going to use a lot of drops, but I couldn't help myself with that one. Yeah, so it's fair. It's fair. Where are we? On your, where are your four? Do we want to reveal it now? Or do you sure, want to just yeah. as we go? It's up to you. No, prior to starting this process, mm -hmm. I had seen The Thing, Starman, Halloween, but only once. Okay, sure. And... I forgot the other one. Shit. Oh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. That's it. Well, but 
you got some solid work in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably got the big three, right? You got Halloween, The Thing, Big Trouble, and Little Shine. Would that be the big third? I don't know. Halloween, The Thing, or top two, yeah, I think, for easily. Sure. The Thing is my all-time favorite horror film. It's one of the movies, probably next to The Evil Dead, mm. that I have watched, or I've owned, I should say, let alone watched, but I've owned the most. Like, I've yeah. had it in so many different mediums. Uh, it's crazy. Like, I have a pastel version of it. Oh. Yeah. Watercolor. Nice. That Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So I'm, just like with Alien, I, I cannot wait to go on this journey with you as mm-hmm. you experience all of these films. Now, I'm not going to lie. There are some clunkers. <laughs> that is the screen runway, is it not? Yes, Don't, especially near the end. I always have to fall off a cliff with what we're watching where I'm just like, what the hell is happening? So, Well, the good thing is you're going to see some of the greatest genre work ever made as we go through. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Wait, and just as is the screen runway, we will go through his career chronologically, mm-hmm. which means first up is 1974's Dark Star which I had only heard of when I did my homework for Alien last season. I never heard of this before. It was on, was it on? It was on the Criterion channel a year ago, mm-hmm. and I had never seen it. It was part of their oh. kind of 70s sci-fi thing. And I started to watch it, and I got about 20 minutes in, and I'm like, this is atrocious. <gasps> and I'm like, I have better things to do with my time, so How I stopped watching it. <gasps> and now I'm back. Now I am a hack, but I am a professional. <laughs> So I went in again to rewatch this with an open mind and said, Chris, maybe you were in a bad place at that moment. It's John Carpenter. Uh Why don't you give it a shot again? And uh, here we are. Oh, no. I'm scared. Hmm. Oh, Hmm. no. I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, as I mentioned, this movie first came to like into my brain when I was doing my research for... Mm -hmm. Season two. So this is our immediate connection is Dark Star was written by John Carpenter with Dan O'Bannon. Mm-hmm. And without Dark Star, there is no alien. So true. That is that is how this works. It feels like if when you watch Dark Star, you feel like, oh, this is like a funny version of Alien, but well, the one kind of section of it. Uh yeah. but yeah, no, it's it's the other way around. So that was the first time I'd I'd ever heard of it. They Shot it together as a student film at the University of Southern California, 1970 to 1972. Um, it was John Carpenter's first time directing, obviously. Uh, he did the score for the movie as well, which Scalzo's score corner is going to go strong in season three. Ooh, Real strong. I mean, you might need a spinoff podcast for how much you're going to have to say. <laughs> <We just> might- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this, uh, this was my first time, first, second, and then third time watching it to get ready for this episode uh it's on tubi guys have yourself a tubi tuesday and (laughs) check it out there Uh, (laughs) i don't i don't really know what to say i feel like you didn't like it you feel like i didn't like it yeah how did you feel about it this time around i didn't hate it okay and it's (laughs) so i it is a student film absolutely i like to but O'Bannon just being disappointed when the film was actually like theatrically like they did some reshoots or they added yeah. some content to yes. it and it was eventually released and O'Bannon called it. It went from being the world's most impressive student film to the least impressive professional film. Yeah. 
which I agree. And I said, there's a quote attributed to him, uh, I think by his wife too, that says, or he, no, it wasn't her either way that if he couldn't make people laugh, he was yeah. going to scare them instead. And yeah. that's when he ends up writing, you know, alien, of course. Yeah. And then I've always been a big fan of O'Bannon. I've always loved yes. return of the living dead, which is, I think what one of two films he directed in the first film, he actually got the direct. Uh, I really like dead and buried. Which is, if you haven't seen Dead and Buried, mm-hmm. actually did a whole thing on it on Joe Bob Briggs' show oh, on uh, Shudder. Okay. And a lot of people weren't familiar with Dead and Buried. It's from 1981. It's, I think, yeah. one of the great kind of unknown or lesser known horror films. I'm not going to say much about it because it would spoil mm-hmm. it, yeah. but it is excellent. And uh, you, if you haven't seen Dead and Buried, you have to check it out. So he worked. He did some uh, special effect work on Star Wars. He's responsible mainly for all the special effects on Dark Star. Yeah. Yeah. And he was integral to the film's creation. I know yeah. he, they say he didn't really direct it, but it was kind of him and Carpenter yeah. making the making the film mm-hmm. with Carpenter's direction. Yeah. Yeah. And, he wanted to direct it with him. And Carpenter right. was like, no, you're doing all the other stuff. I will so, do this. And supposedly at one point they had, had a like a promise to each other that they're going to alternate directing films and continue to work together. Yeah. But Carpenter clearly soured on that and <laughs> yeah, it broke up their working relationship basically yeah. right after Dark Star. And that was it. And it's mm-hmm. too bad. I know I watched the documentary on the making of the film. I don't know if you had a chance to see the same I one. Not. But his wife is uh, less than impressed with John Carpenter. Mm. It says that there were some projects between Carpenter and Bennett. They had discussed you know, yeah. in college and making Dark Star. That Carpenter basically went on to do by himself and mm. cutting out O'Bannon. And she said, that's all I'm going to say because I was there and I know. Yeah. And it's too bad. I, I I hope that's not true so much of it, but I imagine it is. And, I'd buy it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, O'Bannon died. He uh, yeah. complications from Crohn's disease. Mm. So, um, but I thought he was uh, just, a, I don't know. I've always really enjoyed all of his work. So, he passed away in 2009. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about John Carpenter, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to spend the whole whole season talking about John Carpenter. We can talk about Dan O'Bannon for like five minutes if we need to. And, that sounds good to And me. we do. We do need to. He is very important to this movie. He co-wrote it, acted in it, edited it, did the special effects. Uh, and like I said, he's our he's our tie-in to season two. So Yeah. Very, yeah, very absolutely. important stuff. So, I think that, I would say too, if you check on the documentary yeah. and also it does a really good job, I think, of honoring O'Bannon. He doesn't get shuffled aside in here at at all. You you really get a feel for how integral he was to the creation of Dark Star. So yeah. that was good to see. So Chris, would you like to explain to our lovely audience what Dark Star is about? Hold on, I got to drink a little bit more if I'm going to do that. <laughs> so we're in space. Mm-hmm. We're, I don't know, what's the mid-22nd century? We're in interstellar space. We're colonizing planets. Mm-hmm. And their mission is to roam the universe and find these unstable planets that could threaten the future colonization, right? Yes. So what they do is they have these sentient bombs, <laughs> which I think is probably a mistake. <gasps> and they go up and blow up these unstable planets so mm-hmm. they won't be a problem in the future. Mm-hmm. And... It, the whole film, now let's be perfectly clear. Dark Star is supposed to be a science fiction comedy. Yes. All right. It's not a horror film. It's not a thriller. Correct. It's not. It's it's a comedy wrapped up in a science fiction film, basically. Yeah. And 
I think one of the things I've struggled with is the film isn't particularly funny. <gasps> disagree. Think, disagree. Really? Disagree. All right. So, <laughs> so they're going. I guess we'll wrap it up. They go. They're trying to blow up these planets, and then yes. complications ensue, including one bomb that says, even though they try and disarm it, it's like, you know what? Nah, I think I'm gonna do my job because this is what I was told to do. <laughs> and they have, which I think may be the best scene in the film. Is when they go, one of the guys, our main guy there, Lieutenant Doolittle, goes to have a philosophical discussion with the yes. bomb to talk about, you know, what is the meaning of life and their, and their, what is, what they exist to do type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And are, are we even really here, man? Mm-hmm. How do you even know? And then an attempt to disarm the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So explain to me. <laughs> Why is Dark Star hilarious? Literally, my notes say absolutely hilarious. Caught me off guard. I was not expecting to be so entertained. But it, like, it just the the transmission is the planet just exploded, sir. And that's completely serious. And it's mm-hmm. just to me, it was part Dr. Strangelove, part Star Trek and part Marx Brothers. Like, OK, it was so wait, you're throwing a lot of. It's it's satirical, iconic, and it is very funny and stuff that I love. Yeah, so I'm very surprised that you were like, eh, "This is okay." I I loved it. I watched it three times. What? Yes, I were loved like, it. I was like, "I'm putting it on again." Okay, uh, I maybe I it. need to watch it a second time. <laughs> maybe I misunderstood. Like something. I was, I was not. I I I mean, I I cannot say this enough. The less you know about a movie before you watch it, the better. I've always had some of my sure. best viewing experiences going in totally cold. So I went in as cold as possible. And that's how I prepare for, for this show, for any time I'm doing this. I watch the first time cold. Then I learn everything I can about it. And I go and watch it again to see what am I getting more from? What am I getting less from? Like, what's the deal? This one, watched it completely cold. I was in shock. Like when the bomb just goes off at the end. I was not expecting that. I was like, what? Like gasped out loud on my couch. Did not expect it. But just the opening transmission from Earth to me just set the tone so perfectly of like how Mm -hmm. dry and like unfeeling this movie is going to be. It's just like, sorry to hear about the commander. Yeah, we're going to deny your request. You guys are doing great. Like it's just it's very cynical from the start. Yeah. And, you know, that that is the movie that we'd be getting from a bunch of college students who are no people who are going off to Vietnam as they're just like, man, this fucking everything's a mess. Like, we're all fucked, man. <laughs> like, that's the kind of space movie you'd get from them. And uh, I I dug it. I just I love how dark it is. Yeah, I. I love I the conversations with the bombs. Loved it from from mm-hmm. the jump, like the first time, like. Bomb 19, are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Like, okay, just to confirm, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to blow up in six minutes and 20 seconds or whatever it is. Like, just, I, that is so entertaining to me that they're just having these little chit chats with the bombs. I just, I don't, I'm not sure what to even say to you right now. I think the problem (laughs) is that for me, it never exceeded its student film trappings. It never did. And, And I didn't find the humor that particularly engaging. I think about something like, oh, I don't know, a, a little callback for us clerks. Yeah. Right? We have a bunch of young kids yeah. who, for me at the time, delivered one of the funniest films I'd ever seen up to that point in my life. And I I just didn't have it didn't have that impact on me. I think the film 
is a technical achievement in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I think that it laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff, like the hyperdrive scene. Yeah. Was later kind of, I don't want to say copied by, but I'm sure Star Wars was influenced by it because Lucas yeah. was filming, what, THX 11 mm-hmm. was 38 or something, like across the hall from them at the yeah. same time. Yeah, for sure. And, and so there, there are a lot of interesting things, I think, in this film. I respect it for what it is and what it did, especially that it was basically a student film that yes. is pretty lofty in some of its ambitions. But then it's the humor stuff, too. It ends up being kind of undercut and the student film stuff really breaks through, like when we're dealing with the fight with the alien beach ball. Oh, yeah. there That is far longer than it needs to be. It's clearly just a beach ball. That is just in there to pad the runtime so that this can be theatrically released. Uh, there is not a feature film in this. It is feature length because they wanted to distribute it and get the money. But it is not a feature film. Yeah, so I guess the cut Carpenter delivered to uh, uh, the guy who released it. Now, I thought I had his name written down. I know. I, I realized I never wrote it down. Finding it. <laughs> I could have sworn I wrote it He exists. Down. This man exists. He is the reason why it is. Uh, Jack Harris. Yes. He's the so, reason why it's bloated to theatrical runtime. Yeah, because he got like a 90-minute 90, a 90 film. He goes, listen, we got to yank out like a half hour of this. It's horrible. <laughs> and then they gave him 60 grand to shoot another 20, 30 minutes worth of stuff. Yeah. And what I love about this is that the DO, I think it's the DOP, he was working, I don't think he was the director of photography or the, or the cinematographer, but he was working on the film. Mm-hmm. He was working on Badlands with Terrence Malick. <laughs> And he finds out that his buddies are going to do some reshoots for their Dark Star film. He goes, oh, I got to get back. You're working with Malik on Badlands and you got to get back? He's got to be there for his friends. Crazy. Good for him, I guess. He's a much better person than I am. He's a good friend. But yeah, so Jack Harris <laughs> says do this. And then that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the beach ball. Then the another one I think is actually a pretty cool scene is Dan O'Bannon and his elevator adventure. Yes. The elevator shaft adventure. Uh-huh. Which I enjoyed. That and the talking to the bomb are probably my two favorite scenes in the film. Yeah. And that's added in as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's like some other... Oh, I got this scene where the guy, where Doodle's playing an instrument that Tommy Lee Wallace kind of created. Yeah. Uh, again, just to kind of fill up time. Mm-hmm. Just crazy stretches of like absolutely nothing happening or we're just clearly padding yeah yeah the the entire alien sequence is probably twice as long as it needs to be so that it can fill minutes and you can feel that like scenes are not cut as tight as they should be it's just it's not a whole movie but the parts that are there if i could watch it as it was originally shot that that would be something to say because you yeah, you kind of you cut the fat because there's there's a lot of fat here but I think if you can kind of look past it uh, for me it was a very very entertaining experience it felt like I was seeing a lot of the things that would inform the space genre of films that we got a lot of after this and not like oh man these random guys who nobody ever heard of again made a movie that looks a lot like stuff we saw afterwards. Like, no, they they continued to do the work. So it's kind of like yeah. seeing before they were stars. It's like <laughs> that version of it. Like, you know. 
No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like Tom, like I said, Tom, I think I mentioned his name. Tom Lee Wallace is the uh, associate art director in this mm-hmm. film, and he wore, He ended up actually continuing to work with Carpenter for years, and he directed one of my favorite films, which of course is Halloween Three, oh. and probably my second favorite film in that entire franchise, which we won't be covering because it wasn't directed by Carpenter. But Correct. still, uh, <laughs> I adore that. Fi- Anybody who knows me knows how much I adore that film. So, but you're right. It's great kind of seeing all of these people. Nick Castle is the one who plays the beach ball alien. You know? <laughs> and Nick Castle ends up playing the shape in uh, Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is it is fun to kind of see, like you said, before they were famous type yeah. of stuff in this film. Yeah, right. it's it's cool to see the beginnings of, you know, if that's what... if I If I compare it to myself... The things I was doing in college that resemble the professional work I would do one day, like, this is very impressive to me. (laughs) Like, their version of student filmmaking is so much better than the student writing I was doing that Mm -hmm. would then become a writing career. Like, it's, uh, yeah. So it, it, it makes me happy to see this project that was, like, their ideas, uh, things that they would continue to explore in, in other works. And it was very, very entertaining to me. And I got super excited uh, to see the little knife trick that we'd see later in uh, Aliens. Bishop yeah, Bishop. they supposedly, too, that he just kind of did that. Yeah. It wasn't shot. It wasn't it's like He's not good anything. at it. <laughs> and he cuts himself yeah. for real. Like, that actually happened. Yes, you could tell. <laughs> I was like, it's, oh, uh, my yeah. God, what's happening? Yeah. I liked I just, it all. I, like I think it saddens me that though this was basically the end of Carpenter and O'Bannon's yeah. collaborations. I think the two of them together could have really churned out some really fascinating work. Not that Carpenter didn't clearly, nor did not the near did O'Bannon, but yeah. still. Yeah, but if they the could have come back together, together again, yeah, would have yeah, been. I th- it's disappointing. It's too bad. Woulda, coulda, if only. All right, let me see what else did I have to to cover here before we get into what we're going to have our our different type of wrap ups. Uh, mm. At the end of our episodes, Chris, what am I forgetting? <laughs> I can talk about Carpenter's score. Oh a bit, yes, if like. of course, Scalzo score corner, please. That so, is that is a structure in the show. So Carpenter does the score yes. for uh, Dark Star, and he actually talked to Jack Harris because Jack Harris says, "We got to find someone to score your film." And Carpenter's like, "Well, I'd I'd, I'd like to give it a shot." And yeah. Harris says to him. We'll do this. If you like it and I like it <laughs> when you do your score, mm-hmm. then we'll keep it. If not, we're going to go with somebody else. No pressure. And clearly it worked out. Yeah. And I think the score in this is pretty successful. And yeah. you can definitely see where Carpenter is going For sure. uh, in, in the future. I mean, there is lots of his telltale synth stuff in here. And it is a very solid at times score. Now, he actually, I believe, wrote the song, too, that I yes. think I'm going to use as a stinger for this show yeah, and I was, close it I out. I was literally going to be like, Chris, <laughs> can you play Benson, Arizona to play us out? <laughs> Absolutely. So it's we will be including that. It's a good song. Yeah. It, it's, and it's, well, when you hear it, it's, you don't, you're, it's not something you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's John Carpenter's show. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time though. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, I, I really, uh, I was surprised, I think. Uh, that, I don't know if that's fair to say, but I, I did enjoy <laughs> his score for Dark Star. I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised since I love his work on yeah. all his other films, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, really solid stuff. Sets the mood well. Totally. There's kind of there's some nice little goofy moments, and there's also some nice kind of dread, heavy synth work in this. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, no, good stuff. 
yeah, it was. It's it's a nice little, like you said, like a, a you can hear the foundation of what is to come. Mm-hmm. So, really enjoyed it too. So, what do you think about all? Because there's some, like I said, there's some stuff there you could see in later films. Mm-hmm. And one of the big moves or modes in this film is how it's basically they're space truckers. Yeah. Which is basically the, the, one of the big things in Aliens, right? And yeah. how the ship inside is very run down and very dirty. And yeah. previously, like in 2001, everything was very sterile. Mm-hmm. Everything was very sleek and clean. Yeah. They've got and like dirty go beards, that. dirty hair. Oh, yeah. Hygiene smoking. is not a big thing in the future. <laughs> no, like they are, they're... Like we talked about in season two, we've got our blue collar workers here and they are addressed by uh, their little higher up back on earth, however many light years prior. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one who's got his hair combed properly. He's wearing his uniform all neatly. He's, hello, boys, just addressing them nicely. And they're <laughs> they're smoking. They've got beards. They look like they smell. Their hair is all a mess. Uh, they're It's just straight up dirty in their quarters. Yeah. Like it is dirty i like um, the two it's all cots in like a room <laughs> the size of like a, a walk-in closet yeah legitimately the size of a closet and they're all just like lying like in their little corners it's like a tiny little cabin and i don't know if you know notice this in in the <laughs> cabin mm-hmm. of the ship if i were a term there's like pictures of women but yeah. like just their heads like all around <laughs> yes so i guess in the original version they actually had like pinups like centerfolds or, yeah centerfolds from playboy and yeah. stuff and when they went to actually re-release it, they had they ripped them all off. Yeah. Except basically the heads of all the women <laughs> from the centerfold. Yeah, the heads can stay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I, I I very much enjoyed seeing a different type of setting in space. You know, mm-hmm. just Pinbag lying on a lawn chair, just yes. <laughs> sunbathing in space, I guess, under the light. Yeah. It, it was nice to see something different than like, your usual like sterile space environments, very like clean lines and the uniforms. Like, no, these are dirty dudes in jumpsuits. Yeah. 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 I liked it. I like seeing something different like that. So for the past seasons, we've picked a favorite performance every film. Mm-hmm. And we are going to continue that again this season. So Chris, who gives your favorite performance in Dark Star? That's interesting. So y- you could go at Nick Castle as the alien beach ball. You could. <laughs> He actually gives a lot of emotion. Uh, there's actually some, I don't know, some playfulness and interesting <laughs> movements and stuff by Castle in that. I, seriously. But in He's the end. a lot. Yeah, yeah. In the end, I got to go with O'Bannon's pinback character. Yes. I yes. mean, he is easily the most interesting and fun character in the film. I think he... It's like a weird thing where he's doing these kind of soliloquy things. Yeah, he's, I like don't a video a diary. Or something. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about it like it's he's not really pinned back. Do you believe got... him? Do you believe that he's not really pinned back? I don't know. I'm, I don't know yeah, either. Sure. The, so the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh wow, he's not really pinned back." Wow, what a twist! And the second time I watched it, I was like, "I think he's just full of shit. I think he's just yeah. saying this." And then, then the third time, I I became undecided. So. I, I waffled and I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, love that. I'm not sure, but I think I like that. I think he does a great job of physical acting in yes. that elevator shaft scene as well. So, uh, you know, O'Bannon has been back is my clear choice. Yeah, it, it is the only choice. So we are on the same page there. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. We got something. We got one. We got one. Good. So we were together. Now we're going to be apart because we're going to rate this movie. Mm -hmm. So Rotten Tomatoes, just by the way, has this movie at a 79%. So just, just for context. Season one, our rating system was Golden Movies. In season two, they were Eggs. And for season three, we needed something that would be associated with our you know, connecting person through this movie or through this season. So season three is John Carpenter, but he's not doing the same type of thing over and over again. But he is the king of synth. So. (laughs) So sorry, I'm just laughing at the the statement that I just made. What does one associate with John Carpenter? It's synths, baby. So Mm -hmm. every movie this season will be ranked on the super scientific scale of one to five synths. There you go. <laughs> so as as you heard, I very much enjoyed this movie. It was fun to me. It was funny. It was exciting. Uh, I'm giving this movie four cents, Chris. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not going to hit it four times. Um, all right. Yeah. So you give it four. Yeah. It's a solid flick. It's incredible for a student film. It's hilarious. It's dark. That's I out of five, it. not ten. Four out of five. Four. Four out of five. Out of five. Yeah. Which if you're if you're gonna extrapolate that, that's about an eighty percent. And Rotten Tomatoes says this movie had a seventy nine percent. So I am correct, but I'd like to know what you have. You know what I'm gonna do? What? I'm gonna give it what's four times five? That's not fair to ask me math questions. It's twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what we do from there? Mm-hmm. Drop that zero, motherfucker. Two. two cents. Okay. You're getting a two. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry that I confused everybody. I made that a little really much more involved than <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, you made me nervous because I was like, I think four times five is 20, but you can't be giving it at 20. So I don't really. You made me <laughs> doubt my ability to do third grade math. So That's thank it. you. Thank you for I was that. waiting for the, uh, the <laughs> drop the zero. <laughs> um, the convoluted way of getting to two. It's two. It's two. There. Two we out of five. There. It's fine. I, I disagree, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, we'll, we'll get through this together. We will. Um, and I'm the carpenter-aholic. Yeah. In the group. Is that what it is? The carpenter? Uh, carpent- carpent- Carpentaniac? Carpenter? Carpentillion? Hmm. Carpent- Carphead? There, there's, I want to put file on the end of it, like anglophile, like... But I don't know where to put that with carpenter. A carpenter file? Yeah, that just sounds like two different words. It's too long. Yeah. It's, it every carp- one of them is in too, too, entirely too long. Yeah. It's the name. It's um. It's a... Yeah. I got nothing for you. I'm a fan per Nope. <laughs> I have to work out the beats on that. <laughs> the carp master. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come up with it. But the time this show is over, not this show, but this entire season, this season, I will have a nickname for the Carpenter fans. Um, can can we get myself. help from the internet? Can you guys help us, please? Because sure. we're we're on Twitter at Screen Run, and please tell us because we clearly we ran out of words. Um, we're stumped. So you can you can add us and tell us what we should be using help us with our terminology please i'm leaning towards carpaholics but that's Carpaholic something negative is pretty too. good but yeah, it's, it sounds like you're into carpet 
That's true. Like dr- <laughs> drinking a lot of carpets. <laughs> Car- yeah, it's it's carpenter doesn't really come through when you say carpaholic. No. Yeah. All right. We'll get That's there. We'll get there. So an additional fun little rating scale that we've added for this year. This is unique to season three of Screen Run. This is unique to John Carpenter. We mm-hmm. are going to be giving our guests. And us carpets. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to give our guests on a scale of zero to ten. How many fucks did John Carpenter give about the movie we are discussing in each episode? So that will be an additional rating scale that we will give our guesses on. Because um, I really am excited for at the end of the season to watch like a, a graph of how many fucks he gave over his career. Hmm. I don't know why. I still feel like this is like a negative thing on him. That he would not be artistically invested in his work in some capacity. I think he's admitting to when that is the case. All right. Because we'll I'm going to say for this one, he gave 10 fucks. Yeah, I mean, it's... this is I, He's trying to, you know, this is his graduation, essentially. This is his yeah. student film that becomes theatrically released. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I went to art Ten school. Fucks. I know how your your senior project, how big a deal it is. So yeah. I'm with you on that. It's a, it's a 10 out of yeah. 10, for sure. A 10 um, Fs. I don't. I already dropped one f bomb this show. I, I limit myself to one per show, so it's ten. Absolutely, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay, so following the fucks, then, <laughs> <laughs> and we we can retire this uh, segment if you don't care for it, or you can abstain to vote on any given episode. Oh, okay. No, I will. Yeah, because I'll still plot my opinion. That's fine. Oh, that's my fine. opinion will make a chart. All right, podcast mommy. <laughs> I was supposed to open with that, and I totally forgot to. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think that's everything, then. We have rated it. We have chosen our, our favorite performance in the movie. We have guessed how many fucks he gave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, think, I think we've done our job for Dark Star. So get excited yeah, along I with think, us. I think we have given Dark Star all the attention that it deserves. Yes. Chris, I want you to watch it so many Ooh, more times. Sting. <laughs> Uh, this is- I appreciate it for what it is. I do. I respect yeah. it. It's, it's okay. It's okay that you don't like it. It's fine. I mean, you don't like me, and we're still doing this, <laughs> so I have, to, I have to accept that. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a very fun and exciting season. I was going to say today, but that's not when the season that's is it. happening. It's going forward. It's going to be great. We're going to... We're gonna, hit a whole lot of movies. We have more than we've been working with the past two seasons. Mm. So we're really excited for it. I'm going to watch a lot of movies I've never seen before. I'm probably going to get upset at a lot of things that I'm watching. <laughs> That'll be fun. It'll be fun for everyone to hear. And we're going to have a lot of really awesome guests that we are very excited to talk mm-hmm. with. So give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Screen Run. Chris is at CG Scalzo. I'm at The Lady One. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find... You know, this thing that I'm talking on right now at screenrun.fun. Um, and next episode, we're going into John Carpenter's second movie. We're going to talk Assault on Precinct 13. That is hard to say. Yeah. We'll be joined by Jason dun, 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 dun. from Binge Sorry. Movies. It's yes. going to be exciting. 
Here's what question for you. Yes. I want you to, and I wanted to answer this, oh, listeners. Shit. Tell me what I should do. And one, I'm curious for your opinion. Okay. I have more. I would say seventy percent of John Carpenter's films on physical media. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, no, I don't own Memories of an Invisible Man. That's for sure. I don't own that one. Oh, you're gonna love that one. <laughs> uh, but everything's on Blu-ray. Yes. And Shout Factory has been pushing out a lot of Carpenter UHD. Mm-hmm. Do I upgrade for the show to the UHDs that I don't have? All I have is a thing, and I have Escape from L.A. in 4K because okay. I got Escape from L.A., which is a movie I did not like when I first watched it. Yeah, but I've heard I, it's there, not I got, very good. No, nah, I got <laughs> such a good price on it, though. I'm like, I can't, and I, and I didn't own it in any capacity. Mm-hmm. So I pulled the trigger on that one. Yeah. But should I upgrade as we go? And then I can maybe give a little breakdown, too, mm-hmm. of the... Because uh, I have a really sweet uh, <laughs> UHD TV yeah. with the Dolby Visions and all that stuff. I'm I'm on board. I think I think you I should talk spend about all of your money. Transfer and stuff. Yes. And all that fun stuff. Yes. You can get the Studio Canal four-disc set, which includes Prince of Darkness... Um, some of them. The, the Fog. <laughs> <laughs> I know Prince of Darkness. I know The Fog. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Escape from New York. And They Live. That's what it is. Yeah, you got to do All four in one set for like 40 bucks, $45. Yeah, do it. Now, you don't get all the special features that Shout has. You just get the films. But I have them all anyway because I have the Blu-rays. You have, you have all of these things. You, ha- you have to keep building this collection. Chris, now is the time. Oh, my wife is going to love you. <laughs> I'm going to sit on that. So hit us up at Screen Run on Twitter. Let me know. Should I pull the trigger and then add a segment to the show where I briefly Mm -hmm. discuss the transfer, how it looks, all that stuff in the UHD. And I can give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you need to upgrade or not. Yeah. Do it for all the physical media heads. That's it. Is that the term? Sure. (laughs) We're not good at at naming (laughs) groups. (laughs) This is not for us. (laughs) Well, this was fun. It was lovely to see you and talk to you again. Yeah, it's good through to be the back. magic of the internet. Yeah, yeah, I love it. This is. I'm. I'm excited to to have so many more movies to watch again. Like I, I'm excited to have homework. That's how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> I got homework, guys. I'm so pumped. Good for you. Yeah. So do do our homework with us, guys. Watch along. Vote in the Twitter polls that I will totally remember to make. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do for this one because we both picked the, picked the same performance, but. I'll think of something. Yeah, you'll come up something. You're good. We're gonna just like oh, what would you rate it? You could say what would you rate Dark Star as Carpenter's first film? I something? think we should also utilize our Twitter polls to um, make sure we let people vote on your purchasing decisions. Yeah, sure. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, we can let the internet for sure decide. Why not? I love letting strangers decide how I spend my money. That's yeah, fine. they they don't make bad decisions. So no, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's my Santa voice I do on my other show. No. Oh, 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 one. No. Yeah. If we're still doing this in December, maybe I'll do that. I'll do. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Would you do a whole episode as Santa? I, I used to do that on my sh- other show. And I realized it's too much. It takes too much out of me. So I just do one segment as Santa. Which we do our, our holiday buying guide. Like there what, you, you know, go. What you should buy for the movie go in your life. Lovely. I'll drop in as Santa for that. Okay. And, uh, okay. So maybe. I don't, we'll think about it. 
Everybody, because yeah. my Santa gets a little ribald, so it's fine. <laughs> He's a little verbally abusive. Perfect. All Perfect. Right. All right. I'm glad we got. Listen, I am so. Ha- I was wondering, am I gonna get to talk about Santa during Dark Star today? Oh my gosh! I and mean, sure enough, yeah, done and done. Yeah, this is why we podcast. This That's- is why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to us on Twitter, please. Tell a friend that you like the show. Tell your mom. Tell your neighbor. Uh, tell tell the guy who pours you a beer at the movie theater, like I did last night. So, let's Good plug for it. You. Oh, yeah, I, he was nice. Wants to see if we hear from him. Yeah, he's he said he was going to listen, and I told him that would mean a lot to me. So, oh, well, good. Yeah, he was cool. One of my favorite things about Juan is she does not know how to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> we will be on this call forever, Chris. You have to stop me from talking. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for coming back. We missed you. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up at the, what is it? The first run. Not the first run. Hello. Screen run. Yeah. What is it? Screen run fun at gmail.com. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know our email. I don't know. We'll have that. We'll have that teed up next week. It's, we'll, it'll, we'll put it in the notes. There you go. Yeah. You do that because I don't know it. One, I'm trying <laughs> to end the show. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again soon. Two weeks. Thanks, bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. A million suns shine down, but I see only one. When I think I'm over you, I find I've just begun. Years move faster than the days There's no warmth in the light And how I miss those desert skies Your cool touch in the night Benson, Arizona Blue warm wind through your hair My body flies, the galaxies My heart longs to be there Benson, Arizona same stars in the sky, but they seem so much kinder when we watch them, you and I. <laughs> I don't know how to stop talking. <laughs> I can't find my mouse. I don't know how to stop recording. I can't find my mouse. I can't stop it. No, for real. It won't work. Oh, no. I'm stuck. Okay, okay. It's back. Okay.